and welcome to Desert Island Risks, a series of podcasts sharing results from our recently published Global Pension Risk Survey. I'm your host, Polly Cripps, and in these podcasts, I'll be casting my guests away to a desert island with a copy of the survey, where they're going to have endless time to think about UK-defined benefit pension schemes and the many risks they face. My podcast today looks at one of the hot topics in the survey, cyber, and my guest is Paul McGlone, a partner at Aon, and one of the many roles that Paul has is as a pension scheme cyber risk specialist. Welcome, Paul. Hi. This is the second time we've asked about cyber in our survey. Can you tell me a little bit about what's changed in the pension cyber world over the last couple of years? Yeah, of course. I, I suppose there's three things I'd highlight that have changed. The first is that there have been a lot more actual attacks impacting pension schemes in the last couple of years, and, and that's showing up in the survey to some extent, but it's also showing up in you know, what we're seeing day to day when we talk to pension schemes. The second thing I'd flag is that the actions that schemes are taking are increasing quite a lot. And that's definitely been shown up in the survey. Cyber has been, you know, one of the top five risks for companies for a few years now. It's only recently it's showing up in a, in a sort of pension scheme as a top five risk. And, and you can see that in the survey. And the third thing I'd flag is the regulatory environment. It's something which is changing all the time. But with the new single code on the way, that's going to be a, a sort of step up in how pension schemes are expected to deal with cyber risk. Interesting. So let, let's talk about each of those in a bit more detail. So firstly, what have we been seeing on cyber attacks? So we've seen quite a, a lot of change in the past couple of years. If, if you'd asked me two years ago to give you an example of a cyber attack impacting on a pension scheme, I'd have struggled to give you more than one or two examples. Whereas what we've seen recently is um, we've seen, for example, a huge increase in phishing campaigns. We saw that as a result of COVID and, and scams increased at the same time. And that affects trustees just as much as anyone else. Combined with the fact that people are vulnerable and they're working at home with limited support, that's had quite an impact on a few schemes. We've seen things like statements of investment principles being put online and therefore signatures being stripped off them and used to create fake investment instructions. We've seen trustee email accounts being compromised. We've seen, uh, I mean, earlier this year, we saw a couple of large administrators hit by ransomware attacks and, and that affected multiple schemes across the industry. Now, fortunately, they were able to react well and get back up and running quite quickly. But that pattern of schemes are genuinely being affected by things is something we're seeing in practice. And when you look in the survey, you can see the headline in the survey is that 7% of schemes have experienced an attack um, in recent years compared to only 3% when we asked the same question two years ago. So that's more than doubled in the intervening period. Wow, that's really frightening stuff. So how are the schemes responding to increased threats? So the response mainly is that they're taking it more seriously and they are filling in the, the gaps that they have in their cyber resilience. So if you look at the survey, for example, something like uh, cyber policy, which you might think is fairly uh, fundamental, only about 28% of schemes say they have a cyber policy in place, although a further 34% of schemes say they're planning to put one in place in the next three years. So that that's really reassuring. I suppose uh, what's less reassuring is that the percentage of people that have these are not massively higher than they were a couple of years ago. So anecdotally, there hasn't been as much progress in the last couple of years as we would have liked. And I think as much as, much as people would have liked to have done. And I, I suspect a large part of that is COVID got in the way and therefore 
um, some of the actions that were intended haven't haven't yet happened. We have seen other actions being brought forward as a result of COVID, though. For, so, for example, a lot of schemes who had cyber incident response plans used them as the basis for their COVID response, and that that in turn improved their ability to deal with cyber incidents as well. So that that's a positive. I guess looking forward, we we do expect you know with increased threat levels. Um, and the single code that schemes will continue to step up their game. And, you know, a lot of the schemes that say they're planning to do things in the next two or three years, I think if we ask again in two years' time, we'll find an awful lot more of that has been done and, and isn't just, um, you know, aspirations. Absolutely. It will be really interesting to see how, how those trends do change. So um, you just mentioned the single code. Can you tell me a bit about the changes that we are expecting in the single code? Yeah, of course. And um I suppose it's not so much changes in the actions that we expect to be taken. It's more how seriously the regulator is is taking them. So if you go back three years, three and a half years now, I think it was May 2018, the regulator issued a set of guidance around what to do or how, how to prepare for um, potential cyber incidents. And fundamentally, all of that still stands. It's all relevant material. But what we're getting in the single code is that this is being adopted into a formal code of practice. So it's escalating, if you like, from something which is a nice to have that trustees, you know, should think about into a formal code, which is, you know, this is something trustees are absolutely expected to do. Now, it's it's not yet legally binding. It hasn't gone so far as to say you absolutely have to do this and there's a fine or a sanction if you don't do it. But there's clearly an expectation that, that trustees will follow the recommendations in the code. And, and when you overlay that single code, the things like the own risk assessments, which trustees are expected to do, you know, the combination of cyber being in the code and then the own risk assessment, making sure you do it, means that in, in reality, pension schemes are going to be undertaking cyber resilience actions far more than they've done in recent years. So finally, for any of our listeners that know you, Paul, I'm sure they will be expecting you to have built a raft by now and be halfway home from the island. When you do get back to dry land, what's the first thing that you'll be doing? Well, I, I was going to say go and get a burger, but given everything I've been reading about CO2, it probably has to be a, a vegan one. But but if you're looking for something about cyber, I, I would say the first action would be would be go and work out what you've actually got you know if you've been stranded on a desert island for a year the environment has changed quite a lot in the meantime and what would what we're recommending for most schemes when they start having a cyber conversation is go and complete aeon's cyber scorecard so this this is a free 50 question self-assessment which allows you to benchmark your scheme against the market and, and identify any blind spots that you've got. So, you know, are, are we covering all of the different areas of cyber or have we become, for example, so uh, focused on one area that, that we're forgetting all of the other things that we should be thinking about? So you can find that in the show notes, I think, but the, there is a website. It's aon.com slash cyberscorecard. You can go there, follow the instructions and any scheme that fills that in, whether they're an Aon client or not, will will get a free self-assessment back. Thank you, Paul. That's been really interesting and it's really highlighted how important it is for schemes to think about the cyber threats that are out there. For all of our listeners, there is a link in the show notes that you can click on to download the survey. And if you have any questions, comments or would like to discuss any of this further, please contact your usual Aon consultant or Paul or me. Thanks and see you next time.